Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Happened for the week of March 31st, 2019. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and yes, I've been away for a few weeks, but I'm back, I'm ready to go, and of course, I have stories in tech, games, and movies. First up is tech. Powerbeats go wireless with the Powerbeats Pro. Apple is now making Beats truly wireless with the new Powerbeats, the Powerbeats Pro. The Powerbeats have been wireless for a while now, but now they are truly wireless like the AirPods in that there are no wires at all. Now while they do look similar to the current ones, they are redesigned. Beats say that the Pros are 23% smaller and 17% lighter. For battery life, the Pros can last around 9 hours on a full charge. Like the AirPods, they do come in a case that will charge them and you can charge the case via lightning. Also, again, like the AirPods, they do have the H1 chip, which allows functions such as Hey Siri voice commands. Unlike the AirPods, however, there are physical buttons, so instead of tapping it to pause or skip sounds, you have buttons for that and for volume. Guess it makes sense, though. If, uh, if you get sweaty, you don't want to keep slamming your, Air- your AirPods, or in this case, your Beats. So what are the rest of the details? They come out sometime in May for $250, and in different colors, including white, black, blue, and green. Damn, do I like these earbuds. These earbuds are really the ones I've been looking forward to for a while now. Because I kind of settled on the AirPods. Now don't get me wrong. I do like the AirPods, but for my ear shape, they don't exactly stay in all the time and it does get annoying. However, $250, it's a bit pricey. But that is expected of Beats. Are you going to pick these up? Let me know. Verizon launches their 5G network in select parts of Chicago and Minneapolis. Verizon this week launched their 5G network in select parts of Chicago and Minneapolis. These two cities are two of the 30 that Verizon plans on rolling 5G out to this year. Now, of course, you will need a 5G-compatible phone, for which right now on Verizon network is the Moto Z3, and it will cost you an extra $10 to your plan. That's right, 5G data does not come with your current data plan. Verizon has said that for these areas, people can expect an average download speed of 450 megabits and a peak of 1 gigabit. So there's not much to say here because unless you have one and live in these cities, it doesn't really matter yet. The story just shows that 5G is moving along and like a lot of network rollouts, it will take a while. I do wonder when it will hit the mass market though. I'm thinking sometime on 2021. This year is the initial rollout. Next year will be the big cities like New York and LA. And then 2021 is when a lot of people will get it and by then there will be a selection of phones that you can use the network on. Google has now started the shutdown of Google+. This was announced last year after multiple security issues were discovered, and also the fact that it was barely being used. Over the next few months, all traces of Google+, will be deleted from accounts to data, so if you had any photos or videos uploaded exclusively to Google+, you should hurry and download them before they are gone. You know, it's a shame that Google+, fell to the Google trap of, it's not performing great, let's just drop it and move on, instead of, uh, you know, actually nurturing it and trying to get it to grow. Like, the concept itself was unique, but when people started to drop off, when it, they weren't interested, uh, they just let it die. Along with that, having those security issues and hiding that from the public, which was also a stupid move on their part, overall the legacy of Google Plus is one of failure, sadly. Microsoft to stop selling ebooks and will pull them from users' accounts. Microsoft announced this week that they will stop selling ebooks in the Microsoft Store. No, not the Microsoft Store you go to in the mall, the one on your computer. Not only will they stop selling it, they will also be pulling these ebooks from users, both paid and free. To make up for this, Microsoft will be giving refunds for all purchases to all users and will also give a $25 gift card if you happen to wrote any note in any of your books. For why they are doing this, Microsoft has said that they are doing this to streamline the focus of the store. For when this will happen, Microsoft has already stopped selling ebooks and will start to remove them from user accounts in July. Now this surprised me in two ways. One, that Microsoft would actually just remove the purchases from accounts, and two, that people actually bought ebooks from them. I completely forgot they sold them. I just noticed store for apps and selling movies, but ebooks? I'm, I'm shocked. Anyway, this story is another reminder that at times, while digital is really great, 
maybe having some of your content physical, have an actual movie on a disc, or in this case, a real paper book, is still nice. Netflix pulls AirPlay support for its iOS app. Netflix has pulled support of AirPlay from its iOS app to what they say is a technical limitation. Here is their statement. We want to make sure our members have a great Netflix experience on any device they use. With AirPlay support rolling out to third-party devices, there isn't a way for us to distinguish between devices, what is in Apple TV versus what isn't, or certify these experiences. Therefore, we have decided to discontinue Netflix Apple Play support to ensure our standard of quality for viewing is being met. Members can continue to access Netflix on its built-in app across Apple TV and other devices. So the idea here is that because Apple does not capture what device is being used with AirPlay, Netflix cannot tailor the experience for the users. I think that is a bit bullshit though, because all AirPlay does is stream so you can see what user, what user is using it on the original device, either an iPad or an iPhone. More likely this is Netflix just pulling back as Apple makes waves in the streaming wars by making content and opening up AirPlay and support for watching iTunes content on non-Apple devices. While this is a dick move, I don't think it's a big deal. You can almost literally watch Netflix on any device, and if you have an Apple TV, why are you AirPlaying from an Apple device? Just open up the app on the TV, you know? Amazon might be developing earbuds to rival AirPods. Bloomberg is reporting that Amazon may be developing their own version of earpods with Alexa built in to rival Google's AirPods. Like the AirPods, they will be truly wireless and that people will be able to use Alexa how they would use it on the phone. The issue is that it will not have LTE built in, so they will not be independent. This means it needs to be connected to the phone and ideally approval from Apple and Google to for it to connect with their phones. Bloomberg did not mention any release date or price, just that the earliest day will be out is sometime in the second half of 2019. So I'm not surprised that Amazon is making earbuds with the way they work, it was only a matter of time. The real question is, is though, how much will they cost and will it be good value for the price? Amazon usually delivers on that, but will it be the same for these earbuds? And then also, will they be able to get approval from Apple and Google to allow full functionality of the earbuds to pair with the phones? If they do not get full approval, great, they're a nice pair of regular Bluetooth earbuds. They don't have the killer feature here would be Alexa. If they do not get approval to use it, they're kind of fucked. But we'll see. Moving over to movies, Captain Marvel has passed $1 billion. I talked about this on the newest episode of Box Office Receipts, but Captain Marvel has passed $1 billion. This makes it the seventh movie in the cinematic universe and joins the Avenger movies. Black Panther, Iron Man 3, and Civil War. In a few weeks, Avengers Endgame will be the 8th to join the group, and who knows, maybe Spider-Man might even make it. Homecoming did just make over $800 million, so it is possible. Moving over to games, Sony is now offering refunds for PSN store purchases. This week, Sony has updated their refund slash return policy, so you can now get a refund for any kind of digital content from the store, including games, DLC, and movies. All you have to do is go to Sony Support Online and talk to a representative. However, there is one downside to this, in that you can return whatever you want if you do not download it. Once you download the content, you cannot return it. You can also now cancel pre-orders more easily since before it was a bit of a pain in the ass. So I like this because Steam has, so far, had the best return policy, with them allowing you to download and play up to two hours of the game before taking away the refund option. So you can down buy it, download, play, play for an hour or two, and see, is it a buggy mess? Is it something you like, something you don't like? If not, you can return it, no problem. After two hours, well, then you can't, but I think that's a fair line right there. So while this is not exactly what Steam's refund policy is, at least PlayStation is taking steps forward to get close to it. Borderlands 3 is coming September 13th. After being announced last week and having it leaked, Gearbox announced that Borderlands 3 will be coming out September 13th on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. For PC, it will be coming to the Epic Game Store for a six-month exclusive, so if you only want to play it on Steam, you gotta wait till next year, sadly. If you want to plan on how to buy it, there are multiple editions to choose from. You have your regular $60 edition, 
You have the Deluxe Edition, which also includes loot drop mods, weapon packs, and some cosmetics. There is the Super Deluxe Edition, which includes all of that plus a steelbook and a season pass for $100. Lastly, you have the Diamond Loot Chest Edition, which is $250 and includes the Super Deluxe Edition inside of a Diamond Loot Chest replica. Also included in it is Vault Keychains, a 10 small figures, and a cloth map. So besides all the different editions, it looks like another company was persuaded by Epic with bundles of cash, and while I can't blame them for taking it, Epic Games is starting to get on my nerves. Look, when they first announced the store, I loved it. Valve really needed a kick in the ass to improve the store, and maybe even make some games again. They got real, real lazy. I even thought the initial buying exclusives as a little nice fuck you to Valve was nice as well. But now a few months later, the store is still bare bones, and they are just buying exclusives. Which is fine if you're improving your store, but they haven't. This, plus some security issues, is making it real hard for customers to buy from them, and I understand. I understand that, from a developer's point of view, this is the right move for them. They need to make more money. I get that. However, from the consumer's point of view, yes, on paper, it's just another launcher. And obviously, for PC people, PC gamers, if you're complaining about this to PS4 or Xbox One owners, they'll laugh in your face. Really? You gotta download another client? Boo-hoo-hoo. But, some security issues and the fact that, you know, your friends are on one, uh, you know, on Steam or your online saves, that is something. It's not a big deal, but it is something. Hopefully, the Epic Game Store gets a big improvement sooner rather than later. It needs it. And that is it for this week's episode of What Happened. Before I end the podcast, just wanted to mention that it has actually been a year since I started, and I just wanted to say thank you for the support so far. Even after a year, I still love doing this, and I plan to keep going with it. Hopefully what happened will have an even bigger second year. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.